0: Body with a chance of racing episode 24 coming to you after the richmond two weekend here in the year 2023 braxton crisp joined by steve binko dylan godet who has also um, brought in some reinforcements steve i think he's ganging up on us he's brought in fellow meteorologist uh blake harms from wood tv wood tv uh in grand rapids michigan Uh, A guy who knows a little bit about the two tracks that uh, the two major series in the U.S., uh, at least on the full body side, will be featuring this weekend uh, in the SRX at Berlin Raceway. And then, of course, NASCAR going to Michigan International Speedway. Uh, First, Blake, how are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited. It's a it's a big week up here for us race fans. You know, with a lot of tracks being in the southeast, we don't always get to get in on the fun. So it's nice when they come
0: north for, for a weekend. Dylan, Steve, what are we uh, thinking after that uh, that Richmond weekend?
2: Well, Richmond weekend was kind of a snooze fest as far as the uh, cup race was concerned, in my opinion. Um, although uh, Carson Hosovar, uh, third win of the year, uh, He's he's been close, lot, maybe not the last month uh or last few weeks he had a win in nashville but um you know he's uh starting to really turn it on so outside of that i mean i just the cup race was it was fine i mean it was okay it's not it wasn't awful um but just left a lot to be desired xfinity race
3: was exciting absolutely uh, that was, that was a nice finish there road america always delivers i think it gets a lot of uh differing fan bases together i think a lot of the you know indycar guys that fans who I think were watching that Infinity race uh, as opposed to when they normally race but also um I you know I've said this in the past I said this after the Richmond Spring race Richmond is kind of like my home track I grew up going there I still got just like I did in the spring a little bit of that old school short track vibe from it. I know a lot of people didn't like it I like the strategy I just wish it was one of those races where we may not have had you know stages and it, I think it would have been pretty at least the stage caution stage breaks Uh, I think that would have made the strategy even more interesting. Um, And I also i am going to get into this when we talk more about the race recap. But I think those type of dominating wins, like we kind of saw there from Chris Buescher, they feel a little bit different when it's not your typical dominator. You know, like it's not a Martin Truex Jr. or Denny Hamlin. I still think it has that feel good. I think, you know, on Jeff Gluck's poll, that adds a couple percentage points when it's somebody like Chris Buescher as opposed to Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. or Kyle Larson.
0: There was plenty to talk about uh, on the track, uh, especially with, uh, with Josevar getting the late win there in the Truck Series, that wild second-to-last lap in the Xfinity Series, and, of course, uh, RFK with the breakthrough uh, on Sunday. But let's start off with some news that, uh, that came out this past week that broke on Friday morning with uh, the Sports Business Journal's Adam Stern that the CW will be the new home for the Xfinity Series starting in 2025, a seven-season deal worth $115 million per year uh, to be produced by NASCAR Productions and then distributed on the CW. Um, It looks like everything that's going to be the home for the entire season, so no split, kind of similar to what the Truck Series is with its entire season being on Fox. Um, what do we think? Is this a plus or a minus for the Xfinity series? Uh, at least on one hand, you can say, say, okay, good. It's on the same channel every week, but on the other hand, it's like CW. I didn't even know that existed anymore. Or at least that's what I think a lot of people might, uh, might have an initial reaction about.
2: Right. I, I, am a fan of it. I mean, I think that they were talking about, uh, there being, the possibility of Xfinity being on Prime or one of the streaming services outside of what the normal, you know, USA or, you know, you would find on like a YouTube TV or Sling or one of those. Now it's a little bit of a different ballgame. People will have uh, more of an ability to watch every single week. Uh, and there are at least, you know, here specifically, um, you know, if you have an antenna, you can you could watch the CW. Uh, so. It's I think it's a it's it's good. Um, I don't think I don't see any drawbacks with it specifically um, because, you know, I, I think I read in there that the uh, the Xfinity series draws like close to a million people watching it every week. So uh, in my view, you got to think that it's going to be uh, there's going to be even more eyeballs on it now, which obviously would be good for NASCAR.
3: I think it, it caught a lot of people by surprise. And, you know, with it being the CW, I think that fans have a, you know, like you said, they like, what, the CW still exists, <laughs> you know. Uh, but if you're a sports fan, you've heard they're getting into the business of college football now. You know, they are making deals with, with major college football brands that clearly see that in terms of live TV, live sports is the top game right now. You know, everybody that does television broadcast that does broadcast. They want live sports telecast, um, so I think it is going to be a positive. I think uh, is this the first time in Xfinity Series history that it's all been on one network? I mean, I mean, as long I, as I can remember, I think
0: so. Because of course, like before, they went to the current kind of model where Fox had the first half of the season, then uh, it was NBC for a while, then ESPN, uh, and then back to NBC. It, it was all fractured, right? It was all okay. over the place. You'd have a couple of races on TNN and a couple races on CBS. It, it was all over the place. But I think this is going to be the first time it's ever on uh, just one network.
3: Yeah. And I think that creates a little bit of, you know, it's going to feel like the home of the, it is the home of the Xfinity series. You know, they could add some programming to it to, you know, make it interesting throughout the week. And I think that's a good thing. It kind of lets the Xfinity series. Yes. They also travel to the same place as the cup series do some weekends, but it lets them have their own identity. And I think that'll be cool.
1: In my mind, this is one of the biggest moves Xfinity could have made, uh, or the Xfinity series with NASCAR. You know, NextStar, who happens to own Wood, the station I work at, I mean, they own 200 stations across the country. Now, all of a sudden, the Xfinity series has a platform for 200 stations to promote it. They do a great job across promoting their products. News Nation, which was launched by NextStar. Few years ago, they still blast ads over all their stations all the time, and so I think Xfinity is about to get exposure that it hasn't had before. And again, to have it on one consistent channel, once the fans kind of get used to the race being on CW, I think this one to being a big win uh, for the for the Xfinity series. Not to mention 115 million dollars a year for the Xfinity series, when NASCAR has been taking in 820 million for all three series. Almost certainly going to get more for the Cup series with this next TV deal. I think it's a a win-win all around for for NASCAR.
0: I will say uh, I raised concerns about the rumors that Steve was alluding to earlier about the possibility of the Xfinity series going on like Prime or or some other streaming service. And I was like, that's going to hurt the Xfinity series because it's going to reduce the number of eyeballs that the advertisers are going to to have access to. Because, you know, the advertising dollars uh, have a big impact in uh, in the Xfinity series just because the purses aren't as big. So they need to have as many viewers in front of them as possible. Uh, I think being on an over the air station, uh, is going to be huge for that and help, uh, drive that. Not only are you on, a, uh, in front of a million people, uh, a race, I think they said something like 350,000 just to watch qualifying. I mean, I still, you know, that beats a lot of, uh, uh, of like a regular season MLB game on your local uh, regional sports network or an NHL or NBA game, uh, so that's definitely uh, a a step up, and uh, and it'll help you know maintain that advertising dollar that's very important for the majority of the Xfinity Series teams. I also think it's interesting to note uh, that the because NASCAR is producing it, I wonder how that will impact like having kind of a fracture, if you will, of of different broadcasting teams because, you know, especially in the latter half of the season uh, where Fox has the, uh, the truck series and then Xfinity is on CW and then NBC has the cup series. You can have three different broadcast teams and uh, it sounds like everything is going to be remotely produced from Concord, from the new bro- uh, broadcast facility that NASCAR built right beside the R and D center and, um, but there's, there's kind of interesting thing of, of what personalities do we end up there? Because we know, you know, right now, every time you tune in to a, uh, a truck series race, you're going to get uh, some combination, probably going to get Michael Waltrip and, uh, and Phil Parsons. And, and just wondering who the personalities are going to be. I, I'm definitely curious about that.
2: Well, and another thing that I just kind of wanted to add is like, you know, when you think of like an over the air product, you know, when you if I think it's automatically going to raise ratings, just just by virtue of the fact that anybody really, if they wanted to, could watch it. And, you know, if you have there, if you raise it by a ratings point, that could be a couple hundred thousand dollars in ad sales, just, just that little bit uh, helps. And then, you know, obviously we're talking with $115 million a year, a couple hundred thousand dollars doesn't matter in one instance, but if it's, you know, multiple ratings points every single week, it adds up to real money. And so, at the end of the day, I think just money talks and, you know, we look at it and we think, okay, well, you know, my view, it's just going to be easier for people to see. If it's easier for people to see, the more people are going to watch. I think that just from like a very, you know, I don't know, easy to understand type of thing. That's what I look at.
3: Yeah, definitely. And one more thing I'd like to add, too, is that um, a good point I saw brought up a lot on social media is that when people take their campers to a NASCAR race, they usually have an antenna to watch TV. You know, some people might have a direct TV or something, but a lot of people are using their antenna at their camper. Now you can broadcast the Xfinity race live, you know, as you're hanging out the track, which I think is cool too.
0: Especially given the noted internet issues at many NASCAR tracks. Yes. That no- nobody's <laughs> going to be able to get on YouTube TV to watch it or, or yeah. on the Peacock, whatever, but they can show us that get a CW on the antenna.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. Well, let's get on to the uh, the racing that happened this weekend. Uh, we'll start with the Xfinity Series at Road America. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, quirk that happened there. They said it was scheduled in advance, but A.J. Allmendinger goes to Road America to run the Xfinity race while well, he's currently 17th in point, so he's going into the weekend uh, in the Cup Series. And right there on the cutoff line, misses practice and qualifying at Richmond, and then ends up having an absolute mess of a race at uh, Elkhart Lake and doesn't get the finish that they went to get. Uh, what do we think of like, – to me it seems like it's a um, – maybe should have rethought that. Like I understand they, they like AJ's chances anytime he's in an Xfinity car on a road course, but um, they – making the cup series playoffs pays the big bucks. And that's where I think I would have focused my efforts on, but I'm I'm curious what you guys think.
2: The only thing I can think about that is that, and this is really, I look, I I don't like it. I think it was a dumb idea, but the only thing I could think of is getting AJ Allmendinger more seat time for a road course. And we have road courses coming up in the cup series. That's all I can. That's the only thing uh, that I would be able to like justify with that. Overall, it made no sense to me because, I mean, did they really think that Almendinger uh, was probably was going to compete at Richmond? I mean, clearly not. If they felt he was going to be racing for a win, he probably wouldn't have. Uh, he probably would have gotten seat time going into, you know, Richmond. But I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I just, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. It didn't
3: really make sense. And he kind of had a frustrating race, too, to add on top of it. So that didn't help things uh, looking back. so. Um, I think, you know, there's definitely some second guessing there. I think it was, you know, I think they were trying to put all their eggs in a the basket. They're trying to win that Xfinity race. Clearly. I think that that comes down to it. I think the team was trying to win that. They thought they had the best chance to win with AJ Allmendinger, Um, but it, it didn't come to fruition. I, I feel like he's the type of guy to be frustrated because you know, how, you know, he wants to, you know, he's a competitive guy. He wants to make the, the playoffs. Um, so to add in you know, another hurdle that he has to jump through when he's already had a lot, um, that's definitely going to, I think, get, get to him. And, you know, it might fuel him. He's going to be, you know, driving like crazy, I think, at Indy here in a couple of weeks. So that'll be exciting to see.
1: Yeah. The only way I could really rationalize it would be, and this sounds bad, but if, if Collick isn't confident in their ability to make a deep playoff run, maybe they just thought, Hey, let's go try to scoop up a trophy in Wisconsin. But I mean, it's hard to see colleague betting and gets themselves either. So yeah, hard to understand the logic on it for sure.
0: Well, it was a, a raucous first win uh, on a wild penultimate lap for uh, Sam Mayer. Uh, I thought that the way Sam Mayer, uh, Justin Allgaier, Parker Klickerman, and Sage Karam, uh, they all raced really clean. They kind of, each took themselves out of contention at various points on those final two laps. Uh, and it was Sam Mayer who was able to, to put it together and, and get the win. Uh, I, I was happy to see that excitement without it
2: being somebody cleaning somebody else out. I was, um I was going in thinking like that all guy had it, you know, with like maybe, you know, going into the last few laps. I was like, I think that all guy is going to have this. And then, it was like, um, you know, like Clickerman. I've been rooting for the last few weeks. I, I just, I thought there was a chance, you know. I was like, ah, oh, today he's he could, you know, do it. And then it was like, you know, that was the best racing I, I think of, of the weekend. Um, but you know, the I, I don't, I, I I hope that the Cup Series wants to go back there uh, in the near future, um, and I have a feeling they will because Chase Elliott won there last time they were there. So. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, that was, uh, it was just exciting, you know, and I think that there's been a lot of, there haven't been a lot of moments this year. Um, you know, where you've seen an exciting amount of racing for an extended period of time, because it, it seemed like in the last two laps going around the track, it takes a long time. It was like every single turn, there was something that was happening with one driver passing another driver. And then it was like car after car going, every every which way so um yeah i you know it was great for sam i honestly really didn't even pay that much attention to the actual win itself uh as opposed to what was happening before it but it was uh, what a great rate and chandler smith is Rotor just exploded on the front stretch i mean that was a really scary moment too but just you know and i don't like seeing that obviously but just the uh, how hot those rotors must have been coming down to that uh, when he hit the brake, and you just see it explode and thinking, what's he going to do now? And then just, you know, kind of tried to ride the wall up into uh, that's the sand where he was. So um, just a lot of excitement in that race that I had a lot of fun watching, but uh, you know, just wish that we could see the the cup series back there soon.
3: And I haven't gotten the chance to see a lot of Xfinity races recently because I've been working on Saturday nights, but um that was you know, I was kind of caught in a rain delay myself, so I was able to catch a lot of that race. And it had, you know, what was that, 2012 Watkins Glen vibes a little bit. You know, the Cup Series there with Kyle Busch spinning out. And then you had Ambrose and, you know, Keselowski against each other. It had those kind of vibes. And, you know, when Sage Karam just completely took himself – he just went off track. I mean, I was just like, what in the world is he doing? And then Sam Mayer, who I don't think – I think if we all had to pick of that group of cars, who's going to make a mistake – to take themselves out. I think we all would have, you know, picked Sam Mayer to be the guy to take himself out, but he ends up staying clean and getting the win and then holding him off. Um, so I thought that was a pretty impressive kind of a statement win for him. You know, um, I think a lot of people have doubted him uh, this year because, you know, junior meter sports as a whole is down. And if he comes out and does that, I think, you know, that kind of make sets a statement and, you know, I know, mean, you know, his boss is happy too on top of it. <laughs>
1: I want to make a few notes, as, as you guys probably do. I, I kind of tend to watch it from like a, a TV perspective, a TV production perspective. A few notes. First of all, Matt Yokum was a pit road reporter. Uh, last time we saw him uh, cover a race for any network besides SRX was back when he was with Fox, I think four or five years ago. So cool to see him back. Uh, And that makes you wonder what his future may hold for maybe the CW coming on as a talent there. Uh, But the other interesting note was that uh, Wood TV is an NBC affiliate. So we've gotten used to where if these races run more than like two or three minutes over their window, they'll boot it over to Cable USA. You know, they did that with Talladega a few years ago. Um, We got a lot of phone calls in the news when that happened. But they kept it on for an extra half hour on NBC, and uh, we had to adjust our, our newscast accordingly. But I thought it was cool that NBC was willing to keep the finish because they were on a red flag at 6 o'clock when we were supposed to start our newscasts. Uh, but I thought it was neat that they didn't bump it off, and I'm glad they didn't because that was uh, you know, one of the better Xfinity finishes that I can remember. I admittedly was was kind of pulling for Parker Kligerman to want to see him get a win. I think it'll come in due time, but uh, much need a win for Junior Motorsports where they didn't, you know, Allgaier obviously was strong in the beginning, had some issues, but to have one of their guys close it out was, I'm sure, a big relief for for that stable, for sure.
0: Yeah, a big win for Sam Mayer because he's also a Wisconsin kid, grew up there, and, and actually showed a cool uh, clip uh, of his dad won a race uh, in like uh, 2002 uh, at Road America in a uh, sports car uh, series. And uh, his co-driver was Brendan Hartley, who is one really, really good road racer. And uh, ended up in a season or two of F1. He's won Le Mans a couple of times. He's won a Rolex 24. Uh, so he's got a good, uh, a good kind of pedigree and, and uh, by association there But um, Also to your point, Blake, uh, yes, awesome that, that the fans got a, a great finish after being kept on NBC late. Uh, for, for comparison's sake, my dad was watching uh, at some point Saturday, I think it was the uh, Formula E, uh, E-Pre in London. And it was on CBS. And it got, the end of that got bumped to somewhere, I don't know where, uh, in favor of the start of a pickleball tournament. And uh, and my dad was like, what the heck? So he had to call me and be like, who won the uh, E-Pre the, the e race? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll have to look it up real quick. Uh, but yeah, and then to your point, Steve, about the, uh, um, the Chandler-Smith crash, there were three really hard hits in that race. Uh, Chandler-Smith was his rotor exploding. Uh, Alex LeBay had some sort of similar incident there on the front stretch with a much, much harder hit than I, I thought harder hit. And then uh, John Hunter Nemechek, when he went offline on the uh, second to last corner and basically ripped the whole front end of his car off, that looked like it hurt bad. Uh, and so the one thing that I noticed about the Chandler Smith incident, though, is he went over to driver's left to try to scrub speed off on that wall. That's not a solid wall. Those are K rails. And so some of them moved at different points, whatever. And that's what ripped the whole door off basically right down to the, the roll bars. Uh, so that definitely could have been a lot worse. Like imagine if one of those moved a lot more than the next one, you know, it could have almost, you know, stopped his car, you know, dead in its tracks. So fortunate that, that didn't happen, but. Um, definitely a scary situation, and honestly, it's surprising that, that nobody had any issues like coming behind them with all the brake rotor pieces all over the front stretch, because uh, like Josh Berry was right there, I think it was, and they were um,
2: bouncing like crazy when yeah. they when they when they came out of that like you know the wet wheel well there. You just saw I was like they bounced probably ten feet in the air over you know, and it, I mean, just yeah, I it was insane
0: yeah def- most definitely i have to give a shout out to uh a couple of them uh sage Karam, great run all day long uh he, he is in a he was in a one-off ride with sam hunt racing in their second car uh showed what he can do i uh, heard he is going to be in a uh alpha prime car at the indy road course here in a couple of weeks so let's see if he can back that up uh also how in the world does Austin Hill find a way into the top five at every race? I mean, that's just what a good a mark of a good racer, right? But uh, he just found his way at the top five uh, to finish third, and then huge props to Riley Herbs, came from the back to the front twice after getting spun at various points in the race, and uh, and got a top five out of it as well, uh, and that was a big deal for the point standings because uh, he comes back at one point I think his points laid over the cut line was something like two or three points when he, after right after he got spun and Cleggerman was running in the top 10 and his uh, run Riley Herbst running back up to the top five um, has him 25 points above the cut line right now uh, after that race.
2: So uh, three big shout outs for those guys. Clickerman's well, right there on the Xfinity in the, the playoff standing. So I'm, 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 I'm really pulling for him to, I don't know if he's going to win, but, you know, another good finish, a couple good finishes, and he'll be right there. Let's quickly run through the Xfinity Series playoff
0: standings. Austin Hill is uh, is leading the way uh, in the current playoff standings. John Hunter Nemechek second, Cole Custer third, uh, Justin Allgaier and Chandler Smith. Then Sam Mayer uh, is up in the sixth spot after his win. Josh Berry, winless, but in the seventh spot in the playoff standings, he's plus 107 to the cut line, and I have a feeling that uh, that he will be uh, effectively locked in here in the next week or so. Uh, Sammy Smith and Jeb Burton locked in by virtue of wind. Uh, they are eighth and ninth. Then 10-11-12 uh, goes Daniel Hemrick, Sheldon Creed, Riley Herbst. Hemrick has a pretty good cushion, 74 points. But then Herbst with 25 points and Creed 22 points above the cut line. Uh, below the cut line, Parker Kligerman is in 13th with a uh, 22-point deficit to Sheldon Creed. Uh, and then Brandon Jones with 61 points. That seems like it might be pretty insurmountable uh, unless he were to get a win. But uh, it looks like it's a – I would put it as a three-horse race between Sheldon Creed, Riley Herbst, and Parker Kligerman. Uh Three guys for two spots there in the Xfinity series. Let's move on to the uh, truck series where uh, West Michigan, Portage, Michigan native Carson Hosevar picked up his third career win, all of them this season in the truck series. A uh, uh, Quite a run for him to uh, track down uh, Ty Majeski on that last run. I think he made up something like 22, 23 seconds over the last 28 laps of the race uh, to to go on and win that one. Over time, Majeski who I thought Majeski had the field covered, and he really did, and I think the the decision to not pit at that last green flag flag cycle uh, really hurt him. Uh, but Carson Josevar with the win, and that has a uh, 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 a third for him, and it helps his case in the uh, playoff standings. And then, uh, and that's important because the playoffs uh, start with the next race. They uh, they finish up the Xfinity or the Truck Series. Regular season, uh, and then I have to give a shout out too to Matt Mills, uh, great top five run in that fifty one truck, uh, one off, or maybe has a couple more races with uh, KVM. But uh, what do you guys think of the truck race? At least it, it was at the same track
2: as the uh, Cup race. I thought the truck race was a better overall race, definitely a better overall race, and good for Carson our who we've talked about a, a decent amount on, on this podcast about you know some questionable tactics and some races that they. they he's had obviously this year. Um, but overall you can see the talent and he's coming to life really at the, at the right time. Um, you know, he had that when I mentioned before in Nashville a couple weeks ago, but prior to that was like Mr. Top five, um, in, in the truck. So, um, yeah, it was a great win for him. Uh, Zane Smith too. Uh, it was, uh, finished third behind, uh, Ty Majeski. So, um, yeah. I mean, not much to say other than that was, you know, it, it was better overall. I mean, it's a, it's a better product with uh, the Xfinity and the trucks most, most weeks and the, and the trucks usually have more excitement anyway. So, um, you know, Matt Crafton snagged a top 10, which is good for him too. And, um, you know, the, the playoffs are, or the playoff standings at least are, are heating up uh, toward the bottom of it. So, matt craft still i believe in the 10th spot so um, he did get the last spot in the playoffs correct. yeah so uh should be really interesting uh stretch here
3: yeah i wasn't able to catch much of the race but i, I did uh see the end and i am a big fan of Josevar. Uh he's just a great personality i think it's going to be cool to see him kind of grow into the sport um And he's having fun while doing it, which I think is fun from a fan perspective. I will say, you know, as we, you know, have set the playoff, it's, you know, kind of sad that Deegan, you know, she just didn't show speed like her teammates all season long. She didn't really have a chance to make the playoffs without a win. So she's out. Um, Matthew Benedetto really didn't show much speed all year, but it was kind of consistent 10th to 15th place car. And he finds his way in the playoffs. That's just kind of how interesting the truck series can kind of feel at times because you know you would think from the outside looking in that deegan might have had a better year per se than de benedetto uh, but he was just more consistent about getting finishes and finishing in the top 10 to 15 you know he's i doubt he makes much noise in the playoffs outside of maybe winning restrictor at, at talladega or something but you know that's that's my take from the truck series race
1: Really happy to see host of our win being from West Michigan. I believe he's the youngest uh, Berlin Raceway champion. I think he was something like 16 or 17 years old when he won his first. And so everyone here has known he's had talent. And to see him climbing the ranks, you know, the last big NASCAR name to come out of West Michigan was Johnny Benson Jr. Uh, And and people are still big fans of him. Every time he comes out to Berlin, he draws a big crowd. So to have someone else to root for now, he led all the sports coverage. Uh, through the weekend it's it's been really neat to see him having success and i think he kind of hit a a bit of a crisis period there where you know he was on the edge of of almost no return in terms of his reputation but has now been able to kind of garner that back um show his show his talent uh not only in the truck series but also the cup series his debut at gateway before Uh, he had the issues there uh, that were out of his control also want to give a shout out to uh, william swalich grabbed a top 10 in his third truck series start uh, Swalich actually won the ARCA race at Berlin just a few weeks ago. So he's been winning in a lot of equipment that he's been in super late model ARCA and now grabbing the top 10 in trucks, his second top 10 in his three tries. So, uh, really impressive to, to see such a young guy. I think he's 16 or 17. So he's already, already doing really well. It's fun to watch him.
0: Uh, so we talked about the, the playoff standings for the truck series uh... Absolutely horrible luck over the last month or so for Stuart Friesen prevents him from uh, from making the playoffs. He was the first guy out. The regular season champion, the only Toyota in the Truck Series playoffs this season, belongs to Corey Heim. Then it's uh, Zane Smith, Carson Josevar, Christian Echus, and Grant Infinger of the top five. Ty Majeski. The first guy in on points, Ben Rhodes, in by virtue of a win, then Nick Sanchez, Matt De Benedetto, and Matt Crafton pointed their way in. The Truck Series playoffs begin in a couple weeks, Friday the 11th, at IRP, Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park, but for all those old school guys, it's IRP, and it always will be. Uh, so exciting things coming up there, actually some interesting, uh, tracks coming up there for, uh, the truck series. They're going to IRP, then the Milwaukee mile at the end of August, before they kind of rejoin, uh, some companion events with the, uh, uh, cup and Xfinity series. So a cool deal to have them there. Actually, I think it's really cool to have the trucks at IRP the same weekend that the, uh, uh, Cup and Xfinity teams are at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway on the road course. So a uh, cool deal to have, I guess, all four big series with a couple in IndyCar in town at one time. That is cool.
1: Yeah, I had the chance to go down to IRP a few years ago, back the last year that the Cup Series ran on the Oval, on the Brickyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the night before, they had a, a super late model race, and they also had the, um, the USAC Oh, shoot, The one of the pavement series, but Silver Ryan Newman ground, was racing maybe? in that. Yes, 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 yep. And then um, Harrison Burton was in the super late field, so they had uh, all the NBC team was there, Rick Allen, Dale Jr., all watching Harrison Burton. So it's cool to make a weekend out of it, and I think it's really smart for them to kind of pair those two series up, not to mention getting IndyCar out of it again, too, with that header.
0: Yeah, very true. A uh, lot to look forward to in a couple weeks there at uh, Indianapolis, but we have a race we're going to talk about before then here in a little while. Uh, but first let's talk about the cup race. Um, I, some say still not enough action. I say there's a bit more interesting than the spring race, uh, even with just the one natural caution. Uh, it was plenty of varying strategies, uh, a, a huge race weekend for the RFK teams, Brad Keselowski leading a whole heap of laps. Uh, Chris Buescher leading a heap of laps as well. And then winning the race, uh, and, a strange turn it seemed like none of the cars that were strong in the spring had good runs yesterday
2: so uh i was this is sort of off topic but on topics uh in a way uh i joke with one of my friends we used to joke that you know in 2020 2021 if chase elliott's car failed inspection that that meant that it was going to be fast and They, they passed on the third time and I think lost the car chief and he qualified, I think it was fourth and looked really good. I mean, the car had lost a lot of speed throughout the race, but, um, you know, there were, there, you saw the, the, a little bit of the speed that people have been, you know, saying, well, you know, what's going on with the nine over the last few weeks. Uh, and so that was interesting. I thought Tyler Reddick, that was going to be, uh, a late race push for him until that commitment lane violation, uh basically ended his day and then um Bubba Wallace was another one of the you know not great at Richmond um but just kind of really pushed forward and and uh had a a solid run um late in the race it ended up not working out super great for him you know finished 10 uh 12th but still racked up some stage points and is probably going to you know knock on wood make the playoffs um but uh, yeah, I, I was overall, I mean, the place, the, the race was okay. I mean, I, I asked, I asked the, the group, you know, what you at. I think like maybe halfway through what you guys thought. Um, I gave it a five, I think toward the end of the race, I would probably say it was a six um, good for Chris Busher and RFK. Um, it's funny that the strongest car from there has been the 17 um, over the last, you know, basically two years, understanding that. Brad is in the playoffs right now, but, um, great for Ryan priest too. Great run, uh, for him. It's, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about how SHR has been, you know, less than impressive, uh, this year, but, um, overall, uh, you know, I would be a fan of going back down to one Richmond race a year. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is at this point, but I didn't really see a whole lot there that impressed me with anybody.
3: I, you know, I mentioned this in the spring. I, I just like Richmond. I, I, you know, it wasn't the best Richmond race ever, but I really like races because this is why I like Martinsville so well, is that you can really stretch out a tire run and you will get speed at the end of that run and guys that, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that surprised me. Eric Amarillo was flying at the end of that first stage. He was the fastest car on the track by far. And then he ended up having some issues later on. I think he could have been a really uh, a really key factor in that race if he hadn't had the commitment line violation, which seemed to get a lot of good guys yesterday. Um, but that's why I like – I love that style of short track racing. You know, the bumping and running is fun, is fun. But I like to see, you know, people being able to conserve tire and seeing guys fading late in runs and the guys hard charging. That, that was my takeaway from it. I, I saw a lot of that, and I, that's why I liked it. It wasn't the best kind of those races. You know, Clearly, we've had better Martinsville races that were like that in the past, but I thought it had a little hint of it. And, you know, I feel bad for Brad Keselowski because the past two times where RFK hit the setup, it's like they both hit it in the 17 car, which is a little bit better, like at Bristol. With that? Bristol last year it was kind of the same deal where you know, it looked like Brad had the win, and then next thing you know, Chris Buster just has a better car. And I think Brad was right up there with him. He just, you know, had the bad, I don't know what he's doing. He's like, he missed his box. <laughs> you know, he forgot where he was in the pit, um, which kind of sucked for him. But um, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's cool to see a new guy kind of come out and dominate. It's cool to see a new team come out and dominate a race. And I think that added a little excitement as a fan perspective to it. Um, overall for Richmond, I don't know how much more we can hope to get out of the track. Uh, I know the debate on you know social media right now between Dale Jr. and Denny Hamlin is do we put resin on the top lane? I don't think resin on the top lane is a good idea. I think that would make it pretty boring. But it, it's something you know they could. I thought resin has done pretty well, better than whatever the other substance was called. <laughs> Um, but um, that that was oh, my take. PJ on the one, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, PJ one, no PJ one. That can be buried, dead. Put it in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, sink it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was my take. You mentioned Chase Elliott. I thought at points, you know, he was the best Chevy outside of Kyle Busch, kind of charging late which was a big surprise. Chevy kind of looked strong in the spring, had some fast laps, and they just had nobody. William Byron, who's done really great at Richmond the last several Richmond races, was a non-factor of the worst he's looked probably all year because he's been the most consistent guy you know, in the Chevy camp for sure, and he was just nowhere. And then once again, track house, what is happening to track house? You know, I think it's time to start sounding the alarm bells. <laughs> you know, Daniel Suarez is falling off a cliff in terms of his a chance of making a playoff. And then Ross Chastain, after getting a win, has been nowhere, has shown no speed. So, yeah,
1: Chevys, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it one more week on Trackhouse. You know, last year, Chastain was running top five at Michigan until he got tangled up with Christopher Bell. Suarez was up toward the front. I think that's sort of pit issue weight. Uh, but it's almost getting close to that. And, and kind of going off the manufacturer deal, Ford – uh, finishing seven of the top 11. By the way, Stuart Haas, all four of their cars finished in the top 11, which I don't know the last time that happened, but <laughs> it's been a long time. I think you'd have to go back a long way. So I think they're pretty happy with their momentum. Obviously, RFK, uh, Joey Logano was in there, ended up finishing fourth. Fourth seemed to be turning it on at the right time. Do do want to go back to something Steve mentioned, though, about Richmond and, and having two dates. Um, I As a Obviously, Michigan being my home track, it hurt to lose the second date. that used to be on Father's Day weekend, but I would argue it's one of the better things to happen to the track, uh, not only in terms of, of just the racing product because they only go once, but also just the, the buzz around it. Last year, the infield camping sold out for the first time in 10 years, sold out again this year. Last year's crowd was the largest in, in six years. This year, it's not going to be far off from a sellout. So obviously, it makes sense if you go from two dates to one, but I like the idea of, of going two days to one, you know, Pocono had their biggest crowd in 13 years. Uh, The place looked packed or it was packed to sell out. So, you know, I, I love going to some of our marquee tracks twice, but I think with the amount of flexibility they built into the schedule, it's time to, to really start expanding and and drop a lot of our tracks to one, because I I don't, I can't think of a track that's hurt its product by going down to one race. I think basically every track that's seen that um, has seen a a net positive in terms of the overall racing product and the enjoyment by the fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dover could probably be lumped in the same thing. I think they get a good, good crowd at the spring Dover race as well. Um,
3: Yeah. you know, know, who could, you know, we're talking road America, right. They're owned by, that would be a, that would be a race that could replace a Richmond race is a, is a race at road America.
0: Yeah, totally. Um,
2: Kentucky, those
3: not own the same owners. We need to race to Kentucky. <laughs> Just have to get that in. Like, I, I agree. Well,
2: <laughs> I agree with that because especially with this car at Kentucky, the racing I think would be fantastic. Um, that's
3: why I'm really, I'm really looking forward to Michigan for that reason. Yeah. Um, So they looked great last year.
2: For sure. And so I agree with that because, you know, this is, we're talking about like, like, you know, you look at, look at a a track like Kentucky or Miami, uh, your Homestead, uh, races like that where, you know, we have Homestead, the playoffs this year, which we needed. Um, but two Homestead races a year, I think would help the product because the car, these cars are better on those tracks, you know? So like, I completely agree with your point, like, cause there's, there's opportunities. Like, and I was at that Pocono race and it was jam packed. Believe me, it took me an hour to get out of there, but, um, you know, there, the, the race itself was okay. Um, I, I just think now we have, uh, there's a lot of tracks that just, they're okay. They could benefit. The product, I think, would benefit from just having one race. So I agree with your point.
0: I want to bring up uh, Bubba Wallace. He was strong early in the race uh, yesterday. It seemed like both 2311 cars uh, really found something until they had some mistakes. Uh, Reddick with the commitment cone violation, and then Bubba had a slow pit stop with the jack falling on the right side of the car. Uh, But Bubba, over the last four weeks, has, has really turned it on. And uh, is now plus 54 on the cut line, here with four races to go. And I was looking at Bubba's stats and noticed that uh, since the Gateway race, Bubba has finished on the lead lap of every race. Granted, didn't do great at the Chicago with a a 31st place finish and 25th at Atlanta. But if you start with Atlanta, he's gained 119 points total. He scored 119 points. Um, Take Daniel Suarez. He's scored 69 points. It's a 50-point swing, and Suarez has had issues upon issues. I mean, he finished four laps down yesterday uh, in Richmond, and then and that's after crashing out early uh, at Pocono. And, and it seems like the uh, the Suarez bunch is uh, is really struggling uh, for for what he can do there, for what they can do to uh, to try to get. Uh, some points going. Actually, I think I might have miscalculated Suarez's uh, points. 35 plus 25 plus 4, 64 points uh, for Suarez. So, just a. Uh, uh, it seems like that's the story of the of the cut line right now Is yeah. Suarez, Almendinger are squandering opportunities. Gibbs is hanging around. But you got to give props to Bubba Wallace and Michael McDowell. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That, I just. I understand what he was trying to do with his strategy yesterday, but. You know, and and the dad dangerous point on the broadcast that that's where they've gotten to where they're at right now is taking risks. But that was clearly not the best risk they could have taken. I think, you know, with the the speed that the Ford showed, um, if he would have been on the same strategy as everyone else, I think he was a top 10 car. And they kind of blew that with with his strategy call.
0: You know, what's crazy, though, is MTJ was on the same strategy and somehow found a heap of speed. Late in that run, I think he
3: just caught because they, you know, were right by each other coming out of the pits there, and then MTJ just caught a little bit more clean air. Michael McDowell's getting shuffled, and you know, Truex was was holding a spot. Um, I feel bad for Michael McDowell because he really that team has looked really good this year, Um, you know, especially with the way Trackhouse is racing at the moment. I know at the moment, um, I, I might be sounding like an alarmist when I don't need to be, but. Honestly, he's been showing more speed than they have. His team has, uh, of the last, you know, four to five weeks.
0: Yeah. And, and I got to say about like the Fords, like, you know, SHR has been uh, a struggle bus and Penske's not really been anything super special either. Um, but, but you got to give props to the RFK bunch and then also to front row, uh, because they do have the Alliance with RFK, uh, right now it looks like between those, those four cars in the Alliance, uh, three of them are currently in the playoffs. with the playoffs started today, uh, and there's uh, there's not many other organizations. I think any other organization that has they can say that. Uh, oh, the uh, JGR has three guys uh, with uh, Truex, uh, Denny Hamlin, and C Bell locked in. Uh, but yeah, and then Tyler Reddick is locked in with the Alliance over twenty three eleven. But still, like you know, for four to be kind of the 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 Black sheep, if you will, of the of the manufacturers this year, and not really doing much of anything. It's been a, a Chevy and Toyota heavy season. Uh, you got to give props to the uh, the RFK and uh, and Front Row guys.
1: Yeah, and they, it just got better throughout the race too. And you mentioned the playoff battle. You know, if you're Michael McDowell, obviously, it's a missed opportunity, but at least you have two road courses coming up, right? Uh, Indy Road Course and Watkins Glen. If you're Bubba Wallace, uh, you you pretty much got Michigan where he started on the pole, finished second. After that, I mean, self-proclaimed every good road racer. And then at that point, you're at Daytona. So uh, got to hope for a really strong start-to-finish run for them, or it may be interesting uh, come the cutoff.
0: But you got to say, though, at least he has done some great work making up a, a bit of a cushion there. It's, I, do, I wouldn't call him safe by any means, but he's in a much better spot than it, he would have been uh, three or four weeks ago, for sure.
3: Yeah, and he's somebody that can at Daytona race for stage points, which is probably what it's going to come down to for him. Is you know, if he gets, if he can solidly get himself, you know, in the top five of stage one and two at Daytona, then he may finally be able to have a, a sigh of relief. Um, but yeah, he's going to need some stage points this week too, because you know he's he's going to struggle, you know, at Watkins Glen and an Indy road course. Unfortunately, he's getting better, but it's clearly not a strong suit at one time it was not chase Elliott's strong suit either. And then what do you know, he turned into one of the better. (laughs) Also
2: Tyler Reddick, it was the same deal with Tyler Reddick who was not a, he was not a road course guy at all. He just, you know, just practiced and and got better. But on top of that, it doesn't really take much. And this is the other thing is that um, if, if 2311 doesn't believe that Bubba Wallace is going to win, then, you know, there's a chance that, they stay out for stage points and, and rack up stage yeah. points. And then that's, that's a really good need.
3: Really good point.
0: Yep. So we'll see. It's interesting to see how it plays out too with the strategy, given that there's no uh, stage cautions at the road course anymore. Uh, so that, that certainly changes up the strategy some. Uh, let's get a look at the uh, Cup Series standings. Of course, Martin Tricks Jr. leads the playoff standings, William Byron second, Denny Hamlin third. Uh, Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, even though he is falling off the face of the earth, uh, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Chris Busher, all locked in uh, with wind. Kevin Harvick uh, is next in this uh, playoff standings. He is the first guy in on points. He is plus 182, so very nearly uh, mathematically locked in. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in uh, in the 14th, uh, sorry 13th spot in the playoff standings by virtue of his Daytona 500 win. Then the final three spots in the playoff standings: Brad K plus 151, Bubba plus 54, Michael McDowell plus 18. And there's a hungry pack of five guys behind them, uh, searching for some points. Ty Gibbs minus 18, AJ Allmendinger minus 22. Daniel Suarez, 34 behind the cut. Chase Elliott made up like 15, 17 points yesterday, uh, even though he only finished like ninth or 10th. Uh, he is 40 behind the cut line. Alex Bowman, 42 behind the cut line in 21st place. Uh, so a lot of work still to be done, but it, it, I think Chase Elliott shows how big of a swing you can have in one week and just a couple more of those and some good stage points runs and he's right there in the in the hunt.
2: Worth mentioning, he's a perennial top ten at Michigan, usually. So, um, yep. and also, he's very—I mean, outside of road courses, he's very good at Daytona. Uh, if he doesn't get ra- wrapped up in in the big one, so um, Bowman, I think, is also sneaky because he's not far behind Chase Elliott. So, uh, I don't see him winning any of these races. I mean, Michigan would be the only one I would see. He's always fast at Daytona, but I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it.
0: Well, let's get on to uh, our pop-up showers for this week. I'm going to take over the segment since Jake's not here. Um, and, and I'm going to do a, a pop-up shower and let our listeners know that uh, I will be at the SRX race this weekend, or this Thursday night, in, uh, in Marne, Michigan, at Berlin Raceway. Uh, and I will re- bring hopefully, tons of content on our social media uh, at uh, Twitter, I guess, X now, instagram and threads uh at cloudy racing pod i also try to get some audio we can play on next week's show um but uh, and i also want to uh, ask dylan uh about his uh about his experience this weekend on uh, his uh, motorsports monday uh content gathering mission uh because i heard he he ran into somebody pretty special there uh at the the racetrack but let's get our
2: our pop-up showers go ahead steve um, my pop-up shower is uh, Max Verstappen winning what seems like the 150th race in a row uh, in, in Formula One. And I, I'll be see, honest.
0: It's, the pop-up shower is supposed to be something that surprises you.
2: Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry about that.
0: <laughs> My bad. Um, no surprise well, that Max Verstappen winning. Yeah, no, I know.
2: But that's my pop-up shower because uh, I, I see a lot of people talking about it constantly on social media And I think that there is starting to be a little change in how the Netflix Formula One fan is viewing Formula One because I'm seeing more and more people who are like, all right, Max Verstappen's in the lead and the race is basically over. So, um, yeah, that's my pop-up shower. I, i just, I'm not, you know, I obviously have a lot, a ton of respect for Formula One. I love watching, um, you know, a lot of the Lewis Hamilton for years um, and Verstappen is impressive, but just, I, it's ridiculous at this point. It's, I can't, I can't watch it as much as I used to. My,
3: my pop-up shower this week, uh, I have to go with my coworkers. They went to, um, they went to Penske and to junior Motorsports this weekend they aren't really big race fans their kids are big race fans they went there and they um really enjoyed it they told me that the the tour through Penske's facility was breathtaking and that their biggest takeaway was when they were doing the tour they're like yeah we're running out of space here we need to go bigger <laughs> and they were just blown away by that because of how massive Penske's stuff is there um so I think that's cool I think a lot of non-fans should try to you know, if you're in the Charlotte area, it's just such a historic racing place to, to check out one of the one of the facilities. I'd
1: say my pop-up shower, in a good way, uh, had to be Johnny Benson Jr. getting to run at his home track after Paul Tracy was rightfully suspended from SRX <laughs> for wrecking uh, seemingly the millionth time. Uh, those guys who fixed up the cars are already at Berlin. They got, I think, five cars to fix up. Uh, absolutely torn to shreds. But this is a perfect opportunity, uh, not only for, for, I think, SRX, but for Berlin Raceway to sell the few tickets they had left in the infield. Um, to, you know Johnny Benson Sr., one of the all-time winners at Berlin, Johnny Benson Jr., obviously had some major success there as well. He does run the ISMA Super Modified Series, which is very popular in upstate New York they were just here a few weeks ago, but I think he's the perfect guy to be filling Paul Tracy's seat. And if I want the other SRX guys. I'm, I'm pretty scared to have Benson in the field. I think he's going to be a threat to win.
2: I'd also yep. like to point out that the SRX people do a fantastic job, uh, every week and I'm, I've, I'm on the track product. But I think that the, the actual product overall with at, you know, on last year, CBS and ESPN, they have done a fantastic job, uh, last year and this year with it
0: Dylan tell us about your uh, your trip to the racetrack on Saturday there in Kentucky
3: yeah so I kind of put myself in a bind which you know isn't a bad thing but I told this track which is a they had three races last year but this is their first first full season Thunder Mountain Speedway it's in Southern Kentucky Corbin, Kentucky it's a brand new really nice facility I told them I'd come down Um, so they were, you know, kind of pushing, you know, Hey, the news is coming down. News is coming down. There was another track that was about 45 minutes up the road that was dry and I could have gone and seen some actual action. I stayed, I waited tried to raid out the rain, but as I'm waiting out the rain there, you know, it's a clay track. So it's a little different than most tracks here in in Kentucky. So the surface was taking the water pretty well uh, and they were going to be able to, to get back to racing, um, and I was waiting around. I knew it was going to rain eventually. I just wanted to get some video of these cars. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they announced Scott Bloomquist <laughs> is is in attendance. And I'm like, what? <laughs> of all tracks, uh, a track that's been there for a year, you know, three races, uh, that one of the, you know, all-time great dirt drivers just shows up. He's not racing. He's just touring the facility. Uh I unfortunately did not bring my mud boots. so I couldn't get down to where he was, <laughs> but I got, I got some video of him on the outside. It would have been cool to, you know, go down and, and meet him, but he was just, you know, hanging out at the track. They ended up getting all their qualifying hot laps in, but didn't get any features in. Um, but they had one of the greatest all time to come toward the facility, which I will say it's new. So obviously it's going to be nice, but they did a really good job putting that place together. You don't be surprised if you hear a Thunder Mountain Speedway hosting some bigger, dirt races in the future because they got the facilities to do it
0: it's very cool uh bloomer is one of the like you said legends uh he, you think uh, dirt late models he's one of the first names you think of scott bloomquist so it's super cool that uh he just kind of showed up in corbin kentucky he, he is from uh lives in tennessee now uh, i don't know exactly where but so not terribly yeah, and, far for him to go
3: and I'll, that's why i think was that all the Tennessee races definitely got rained out. That's where the heavy rain was that Saturday. So there were no racing going on in Tennessee. That's probably the closest he could get, you know, and plus just to see a new track. That's cool that he's doing that. You know, he's got some health issues right now. So obviously we're thinking about him, but, you know, he could be trying to be on the mend. But instead he's going and, you know, supporting the local tracks, which is really, really cool to see.
0: Blake, I want to ask you what the uh, uh, SRX fan who maybe isn't as familiar with uh, uh, Berlin Raceway, what can they expect? And, uh, and I want you to describe the one quirk about the back straightaway at, uh, at Berlin Raceway that might catch a uh, uh, some unsuspecting folks off guard. Yeah, we've been joking about it.
1: Uh, I'm a part of the full racing crew at Berlin, and we're saying who's going to be the first car to go off the backstretch because there is no backstretch wall. Uh, now, they've done a nice job of actually Jeff Striegel, who is the, the lead play-by-play for MRN, is the uh, general manager there, and he's he's done a lot of nice work, including leveling it out a little more so you're not going down a hill like you go off the backstretch, uh, but... That's going to be interesting. There's also, a, uh, you know, when the wall starts in turn three, there are tires that are set up and there have been some nasty spills with cars ramming into the tires. So that's going to be fun. The other thing is if you look at it from high above, uh, there really is no straightaway. You're basically always turning the wheel. A three eighth mile track uh, has not been repaved in over 20 years. So it's a really worn out surface. Tires are, are a big deal. Uh, tire wear is a big deal. And uh, it's, it's. When we interview folks who are visiting, uh, when we interview them for flow, they they say it's one of the most unique and one of the hardest short tracks that they've raced on, uh, especially the late model guys. So uh, Bubble Pollard was just there on Saturday, dominated the race ahead of the battle at Berlin, which is coming up in a week and a half. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really unique. And track Now, if Paul Tracy was racing, I'd say half the field's going to go off the backstretch. Uh, we may, <laughs> may be in a little better luck now. I know the SRX guys are praying that there isn't more than a few cars that go off, but I think it's going to be a fun race.
0: There's a lot to look forward to there. And like I mentioned, uh, we'll be trying to bring you plenty of, uh, of content from this Thursday night's action there in, uh, in Marne uh, to you on, here on Cloudy with a chance of racing coming up in the uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, before we get on to uh, a preview of the NASCAR weekend at Michigan, uh, let's go over our race picks from last week at Richmond. Uh, looks like Steve wins the day on our actual picks with a second place from Danny Hamlin. Jake with a good run, uh, seventh place from Martin Shrix Jr. Uh, Dylan, you and I struggled a bit. Uh, the two HMS guys, Kyle Larson, 19th, and William Byron for me, 21st. Uh, Both of them got trapped a lap down in that first stage and could not find anything out of it. Uh, It definitely had an impact in the point standings. So, uh, Dylan, you still lead with 769 points. Steve is now second with 700. Uh, And then I am third with 684 and Jake fourth with 614 uh because Jake is enjoying the Drake concert I think who he says is, is opening for that 21 Savage, I think he said 21 Savage, yep yeah uh so he doesn't get to pick uh we will give him uh who should we give him Reed Sorenson. cloud yesterday right. <laughs> yeah uh, we'll uh we'll we'll get with Jake in a little while but uh, let's get to our picks for this week and um and I think I have to go uh have to go Toyota here I think I might go um Let's go Tyler Reddick. I just think that the Toyotas uh, seem to be pretty strong, and the uh, the 2311 cars have figured something out here recently. And with the way that the HMS guys have done in the last couple weeks, they uh, I, I feel like I feel better with the Toyota, and so I'm feeling good about Tyler Reddick. Uh, next up is Dylan. What do you think?
3: Uh, this might be a surprise because I thought I was going to go Toyota, but for some reason uh... – You know, maybe I'm going too much on the hype train of Ford, but I'm going with the and I'm going with Ryan Blaney. Um, He's done well at these type of tracks this year. He's kind of showed some speed of late at those kind of tracks. He might be a little hungry because he was kind of the one Ford guy we didn't mention when we are talking about the success of Ford uh, this this week at Richmond. So a little bit of motivation, a bit of a surprise, because I think the Toyotas are probably going to be the favorites coming into this. Um, but it's Ford's backyard. So I'm going Pinsky with Ron Blaney.
2: Uh, Steve, this is not really going to be a surprise because I've picked him before, but last year, uh, he had a great run there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going with Bubba Wallace, uh, at this race. Uh, you're, I know that you got Reddick. I feel like this is a, I feel like this is a race where, uh, Bubba really, first of all, um, He would punch his own ticket in. It's not going to happen at a road course and anything can happen at Daytona. Uh, I think that if he wants the playoffs, this is the best shot that he has to win. And realistically, you know, if, if uh, the car didn't fall off the jacket, Richmond, he would obviously be in much better shape than he was, than he would, than he ended up being in. So um, I know that he's hungry for a win. And, and if there's any track it can happen at, it's going to be Michigan.
0: All righty. So, uh, We'll get with Jake a little while later and get his pick. But uh, Dylan has Let's get Ryan. Blake's pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to get to that in a second, but go ahead, Blake. Okay, who, who sorry.
1: <laughs> My bad.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: okay, well. For that, you Dylan, know, I, you
0: get Reed Sorensen.
1: <laughs> it's tough because I – I, uh, in my heart, I really want Kevin Harvick to win. He's won five of the last seven, which makes me sound crazy, but I kind of want to see him win there one last time, just to kind of close it out. Um, but I'm going to go with a driver who has said winning here would mean more to him than winning the Daytona 500, and that is Brad Keselowski. I think uh, with the speed RKS had as of late, obviously watching his teammate Chris Busher win this past week, uh, maybe a little bit of a, a little a bit of a fire under him and had a good time too. And I think we could see the six contending for the win by the time the race is over on Sunday.
0: You know, I wanted to go him or Harvick, I really did. I just, I could, I can't trust Ford right now. I, I know, can't. I know, like Joey Logano finished second at uh, at Loudon. Um, obviously, they won this week.
2: Um, you know, Harvick had a good run at Loudon. I just, I just can't trust Ford right now. I can't trust Brad kislowski on this track specifically right now because. He is uber aggressive in in these situations at the end of the race, um, and I, I think it's working to his detriment. So he's gonna be fast. I agree completely, and I think that he is gonna be contending. But um, you know, I know that he's in the playoffs. I said this a couple weeks ago. I just I can't see him winning like ever again. So I, don't I know. think
3: it would be cool to see it come down to Harvick and Brad, <laughs> two old school veteran guys. How often are we, you know, seeing it? Come down to guys who, like that.
2: In that. All right, let's say it's a drag race. Okay, coming down that front stretch, who wins?
3: Yeah, I think Harvick. If Harvick gets close, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, take be aggressive.
2: Whoever's in
1: third wins. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you remember uh, Keselowski wrecked Blaney in that Sunday <laughs> race back in 2020, and then in yeah. 20, or in that Saturday race, he finished second to Harvick. So he's either trying to get to the lead or he's close <laughs> enough wrecking to get to the lead. So I'm going with whoever's the third. I,
0: I, I like that, Blake. I, I think of if I had to pick one of the two, I would probably go Harvick just because he's kind of on a, uh, NFG tour uh, a little bit, not as much as Ross Chastain was, but he's in the twilight of his career. He, he, he has no qualms with making somebody mad. Um, yeah, so we got two Fords and two Toyotas in our picks so far. And like I said, we'll get a hold of Jake and get his pick. Uh, Dylan has uh, Ryan Blaney. Steve has Bubba Wallace. I have Tyler Reddick. And Blake has uh, Brad Keselowski, a Michigan guy, by the way, from uh, nearby here on this side of the state in Rochester Hills. Let's get to our random picks uh, where we all had pretty meh weeks uh Jake leads the way with Bubba Wallace with a 12th place finish. Bubba also got some stage points, which are huge. Um, Second amongst us was Dylan, uh, 15th place from Ty Gibbs. Uh, I ended up with a 24th from Ross Chastain. If anybody was wondering where Ross was, he was in the mid-pack all day. And Steve got a 25th from uh, Todd Gilliland. So our standings look like this. I, lead, I have a 79-point lead over Dylan. Then it's another uh, 63 back to Steve. And the tightest battle is Steve and Jake with uh, Steve holding a 18-point advantage. There. A dead heat for last place. Hey, it's still a dead heat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about the race yesterday. Uh, I mean, Dale Jr. was kind of losing his mind in the, in the race between... Uh, um, Larson and Bowman for the the lucky dog spot and, uh, <laughs> on the stage one it, it, he made it sound like it was the best racing of the, of the day which in it was cases it kind of was yeah um, so let's get to our uh, random picks and uh, and and while we're doing this uh, let's get some uh, some thoughts on what we can expect at uh, at the d-shaped
2: two mile oval at Michigan I, I think that this is is uh gonna be a good race I'm I, you know I, I what I'm expecting is is that Chevy's need to be to be good I think that this is gonna if Chase Elliott like he can't rely on a road course he has to be good here and uh I think this is the last opportunity for some guys because you never know what's going to happen in Michigan or Steve, at you, Daytona uh,
0: Steve you got the uh defending winner uh from the last week actually uh Chris Buescher
3: well, he's not we going to use wait. that in random last week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
3: uh, I, uh, also, Larson. You know, you mentioned Chase Elliott, Larson, who's been as inconsistent as you can possibly be. Um, looks like the best driver on the circuit, and then looks like a mid-pack driver half the time. This is one of his best tracks. You know, back, you know, in his Chip gassy days, who didn't want to see Kyle Larson mixing it up in Michigan? I mean, that was as exciting as it gets.
0: Totally. Uh, I ended up with. Uh, Michael McDowell, so two Fords so far. That's a sneaky uh, good one, by the way. Two hot Fords. Yeah, yeah. Two Fords, but two hot Fords. So let's see how that goes. Uh, Dylan spinning next. Blake, what are you looking for uh, this weekend?
1: Well, you know, I think Michigan's kind of experienced a rebirth, so it's hard to compare to previous years rather than last year. And last year had so many comers and goers. That's what I'm most excited about is is you did not see the same drivers in the front at the beginning as you did the end. Uh, and I think uh, the, the weather – looks you know warm enough to create a slick racetrack and i think that's what's what's going to make it another barn burner like it was last year
0: dylan you continue the ford train harrison burton
1: wow okay <laughs>
3: we'll, see <20-ish>. <laughs> we'll
0: see who jake ends up the
3: alliance here. with my <laughs> pick so
0: and uh jake gets bubba back-to-back weeks
2: wow well that's good for both of us then or bad for both of us
0: Let's see. Let's see who Blake gets with a uh, uh, a random pick here. B.J. McCloud. <laughs> I don't even know I'm if it's sure. B.J. McCloud. It might be. Oh, um, whoever is in the fifteen this week. Unfortunately, sorry. Reed Sorensen. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know what's funny? I went to a NASCAR race in two thousand, or one of my first races at MIS was in two thousand nine. I was down on pit road, and I have a Reed Sorensen lug nut. So maybe that's my <laughs> good luck sign. Back and he's that, racing that the forty one target there car. There you go. So. If he ends up when in big lane,
3: you'll know why. When I was at Daytona in 2014, I got Reed Swords' autograph. It's giant on a Daytona football. He signed it. Alex Bowman signed it. You know, look, looking back, you know. Um, it's
2: it, it it Bob is, Wallace,
3: Kyle Larson.
0: It is on.
2: J.J. Yaley in the 15, by the way. So Reed nah. <laughs> So uh, It makes me feel a little less uh, good about that pick, pick. Also, Austin Hill uh, in the 62 – um, and Josh Balicki in the 78. So it's not BJ McLeod. Oh, also host of our
1: running the 77 for Xfinity. So,
2: oh yeah. See how we can do there.
0: I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that car like is the same. It, that's really the same personnel that runs like whenever they, ha- uh, JRM has Miguel Paluto on the road courses and those one-off like Hendrick Motorsports Xfinity entries. And then the Spire Xfinity entries. I think that's all the same personnel and same chassis, <laughs> uh, out of the out of the JRM stable, by the way. Um, but yeah, excited to see Hostovar the um, in the seventy seven there. And a little bit of inside baseball, Blake. But do you think that the racing surface at Michigan International Speedway is the best paved road in the state of Michigan?
1: I would say one hundred percent yes. Yeah, I uh, my car would agree with that one hundred percent. The <laughs> yeah. car ride there. Is uh, substantially worse, I think, than what the, the drivers experience. There's been a construction project in Jackson, just north of the track, that has been there since 2018, and he's still got another two years to go. So, yeah, I would say yes.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's bumpy here in the state of Michigan, but uh, the, the drivers enjoy a nice, smooth surface on the uh, on the racetrack there. Uh, yeah, so uh, lots of Michigan flair. I think isn't the Beard family that uh, um. The Austin Hills running for they're a Michigan family as well, right? Michigan company Beard Oil.
1: Yeah, they are. I don't exactly know where. My guess would be over on the east side of the state, over toward Detroit. But yeah, I believe they are a Michigan based company.
0: Yeah. So lots of Michigan connections in this episode of uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. Uh, so uh, a lot to look forward to here in the Mitten on the racetrack in the next uh, handful of days, and then uh, and we'll be sure to bring you uh, tons of uh, of coverage of that in the coming week uh blake you're gonna be with us next week correct do i have that right hey
1: if if, if you'd like me to i'll be here i will
3: glad i, th- I think that's yeah. something
0: dylan might have mentioned to me uh yeah i didn't message. mention
3: it to blake yet i was gonna wait till his experience on the podcast because i'm gonna be on vacation next week uh so i thought the timing because we were debating blake asking you this week you know a preview or then after so well, i thought why not both and he can be the stand-in meteorologist as i am on vacation oh,
2: so. of
0: course let, let's get some weather forecasts for yeah, why, uh for, for berlin he, and for brooklyn
3: big blake tw- hinted at it and why not ask, ask the local expert himself
1: <laughs> all right well i appreciate that i'll let you weigh in after i give my two cents yeah. uh well first of all forecasting for berlin is a challenge because we have we're within about 20 miles of lake michigan so we get a lake breeze that develops kind of like they have in florida pop-up showers develop right along that breeze. So I've gotten a few phone calls from Jeff Striegel being like, what's the forecast for tonight? And I'm like, Jeff, depends on what that lake breeze does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give you a definitive answer. So there's some stressful forecast. For but it looks pretty good. Uh, cold front does come through uh, late Thursday night. So we have the chance of a shower in there. But overall, I think much it's not going to be a washout. I think, uh, if anything, just a stray shower. Much of the night should be dry. Michigan, to be determined, there's a chance of a low-pressure system moving through. Uh, hopefully misses to the south Models not in great agreement so we have a chance for a few showers but hoping that we can we can dodge and models are a little scrappy this far out anyway i'm not sure if you have any other thoughts dylan
3: yeah that's kind of where i was with that forecast as well i was really thinking the richmond weekend was going to be a lot more a hit or miss than what it was obviously they had some storms saturday um sunday was looking worse you know we, we do this forecast why so i try to tell them i'm like you guys are having me do a forecast six days out. I mean, that, that is rough, but especially <laughs> in the summertime. It is rough. But, um, yeah, I agree with that. You mentioned the heat, too. It is going to at least likely be a little bit of if heat to, to be enough to, you know, not deafening heat like you're dealing with out west. But warm. It's summertime in Michigan. so
1: Yeah. Well, the average high this time of year is right around 83, 84 up here. Yeah. And it uh, looks like it'll be close to that, which is better than it has been the last few years, upper 80s, low 90s. So. Yeah. Um hopefully, it's, again, it's still warm enough to produce a hot slick track and, and give us the racing that we saw last year. Well,
0: there's lots to look forward to. Like I said, uh, a big thanks to Blake for joining us. Blake Harms, a uh, meteorologist at Wood TV there in Grand Rapids. Uh, and it sounds like uh, he will be back with us next week to continue the meteorology uh, with Dylan out on vacation. Uh, Steve, Dylan, big thanks to you guys as well, as always. And we'll be look, we looking forward to having Jake back with us uh, next week. He'll he'll tell us all about his experience in Philadelphia, seeing uh, Drake and 21 Savage uh, there at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. So, uh, again, thank you all so much for listening to uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. Uh, This week especially, uh, because there's going to be a lot more on our social media than we've kind of ever had before, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter slash X at Cloudy Racing Pod. It's also the same handle on Instagram and Threads. Uh, a lot to come from the SRX race this Thursday night at Berlin Raceway in Marne, Michigan, and then uh, as always, we'll uh, we'll post things throughout the week as well, and I'll be back with you next week recapping uh, SRX at Berlin and NASCAR at Michigan International Speedway. So for Steve, Dylan, and Blake, I am Braxton. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week here on Cloudy with a chance of racing.